If you've been following the news in any respect, you know that diabetes is a huge problem. You know that we have pandemic size issues with diabetes. Diabetes is a leading cause of heart disease. It's a leading cause of blindness and uh, amputations and renal dialysis. It is a major cause and a major source of uh, morbidity and mortality. And it is a major source of cost. How do we put diabetes in remission? How do we reverse diabetes? How do we get off of some of this medication? Tonight, we're going to talk about some medications that you may want to talk to your doctor about starting. That's right, y'all. We've been talking about getting off medication. We've been talking about getting rid of things. We've been talking about reducing. But maybe there are some medications that we can use to help us bridge the gap as we move in that direction. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. If you're new to me, I'm Dr. Dwayne Wood. That's Wood with an E. The E stands for endocrinology. Here on the channel, I educate, I empower, and I encourage you to take charge of your health, your life, avoid complications, and go to the next level. We're creating the life we've always wanted. And in this year, 2024, our new theme is New Year, New You. We are specifically talking about adults with type 2 diabetes. But as I've said since I started, the things that we talk about for diabetics are the same things that we want to promote for all the other people that suffer with other illnesses and other conditions. We're talking about high blood pressure, high cholesterol, polycystic ovarian syndrome, coronary artery disease, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. We're talking about metabolic syndrome. All of those can improve with the things that we're going to talk about and the things that we are teaching. So make sure you tune in as we get down this road. Well, why don't we why don't we hop over? Why don't we go ahead and let's let's do a little background work cuz we got to get there. We got to get there, y'all. Diabetes, 430 to 460 million people around the world who are suffering with diabetes. You know the numbers. We're talking about half a billion, almost half a billion. And they're telling me that as the diabetes levels have gone up, we see a corresponding increase in obesity, right? That's weight. So very allied with diabetes is this idea of insulin resistance and increasing weight. In the United States, there are 88 million people, a little over 88 million actually, who are pre-diabetic. These are people that are heading in the direction of diabetes. And we've not been able to curtail. We've not been able to stop it. We, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And perhaps one of the reasons that it's getting bigger is because we're having the wrong conversation. Maybe we're having the incorrect idea of how things work. And so we're going to spend a little time doing some background and we're going to talk, come talk about these medications here in a minute. So, when we think about diabetes, when we think about food, the idea that we have is that we eat food, it get di gets digested, and it goes to create energy. Right? So everybody says, hey, I'm feeling weak. I must be hungry. 
or I didn't eat today, or somebody feels faint. And we say, oh, did you eat? That's the first question we ask. Did you eat anything today? <laughs> you know, you know how we do, right? And so we have this idea that food, digestion, goes to energy. And in fact, even when we talk about the different types of food, right, proteins, fats, carbs, we get them digested and we say, hey, this is what my food is going to do. It's going to provide energy for me. And that is really a surface understanding of how things work. In fact, when we talk about food, anytime we're eating, the food that we eat turns a switch. So the food that you put in your mouth, when it goes into the body, when it gets digested, a switch gets turned. And the guy that controls the switch is a hormone called insulin. And insulin comes out from the pancreas. Insulin is the hormone that has been, um, has been the culprit in diabetes, right? So everybody's heard of insulin resistance. You know, you've got cousins, brothers, sisters, coworkers, somebody you know who's probably on, probably on some insulin. But insulin has a very unique function in the body. Not only does it help to bring blood sugar down when we eat, not only does it help to regulate blood sugar, because that's why we give it. That's why we give people who are diabetic insulin. But insulin also is the guy in the body that makes the determination of what happens to the food. Does it go for energy or does it go to storage? All right. Does it go to energy? Does it go to storage? And insulin makes the decision about that based on what's in the food. You could think of it kind of like, um, oh, yeah. So I traveled recently. <laughs> I traveled recently. And uh, we got, you know, the pre-check. The, yeah, when you travel, and some of you may have gotten uh, pre-check or clear or whatever it is uh, they have now. Um, and so you show up, and if you have the, if you don't have a pre-check, you go to one line. And when I look over that line, that's that long line that comes down and wraps around and round and round and goes down the hall, around the corner, down the stairs, right? So that's the line, <laughs> that's the line in the airport. But if you have the pre-check, they take you into a different line. And sometimes they take you along the track of the same line and you get up front. So the pre-check allows you to go to one line. If you have it, you go to one line. If you don't have it, you go somewhere else. So that's what insulin does. When insulin looks at the food that you eat, it makes a determination of what happens to the food. Either it's going storage or it's going somewhere else. And the thing that insulin is looking for is insulin is looking for glucose. Mm, mm, mm. Come on, come on, come on. Let's say it, let's say it. So when glucose comes into the body, your insulin, when sugar comes into the body, sugar, you know, people say, oh, maybe I'm, I'm eating some different types. So, so let's, let's go through them. So glucose. Lactose, which has two types of sugars in it that gets broken down into glucose, right? Fructose, all the different names of glucose and sugar that we've talked about, high fructose corn syrup, 
molasses, brown sugar, refined sugar, right? All the, the oses, right? Maltose, dextrose, all, all of those, when they come in the body, then they signal the body to produce insulin. And when insulin comes out, insulin says, hey, that stuff that we're seeing right now, I'm going to store it. That's insulin's job. When it sees sugar, it stores it. That's the signal. So anytime you're eating food that is high in carbs, then that signal says, hey, this is going to storage. Got it so far? Right? So that's going to storage. So let's hop back over here. So we're making that decision. Uh, are we going to storage or are we making energy from this stuff? And as we store it, then it gets put in different places. Now, the liver is only so big. It can only hold so much. So when it becomes stored in the liver, the liver gets full, then the body has to take it and put it somewhere else. And the somewhere else is over the different places in your body. So it puts some of it in your muscles. It puts some of it in your fat cells. And I've commented before here on the show, and I had, a, I had a lady in the office, I said this to her, and she's like, no, Dr. Wood, that's not true. I said to her, and I'm going to say it to you, do you know that right now you have the same amount of uh, fat cells in your body that you were born with? And she said, no, 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 that's not true. There has to be more. <laughs> and I said, no, it's not more. What happened is we just put more stuff in it. Right? We put more stuff in the fat cells. We put stuff in the pancreas sometimes. We put, you know, those, those, those uh, glycerides, triglycerides, those fat cells. Yeah, they're floating around the blood. They get into the bloodstream and they go into the vessels. Now, I want you to notice as I'm describing where this is going, you can begin seeing the disease process that comes as a result of that. Because if I go to the liver and I pack the liver, then I have fatty liver. If I go to the muscles and I pack the muscles, I've got muscle aches, muscle pains. If I put it in the fat cells, right, now I have obesity. You see? So insulin is the guy that says, hey, I see it. Let's go ahead and we're going to put it into storage. Make sense? All right. Now, what happens in diabetes? And so the model that we've used with diabetes before is this lock and key model. We said, hey, blood sugar comes in, the insulin sees the blood sugar, and the insulin is what decides if it goes into the cell. And that basically is true. But we sometimes leave off the part about the storage. And because the insulin is unable to get blood sugar into the cell, then the body makes more and more and more and more. And that's our definition. That's our description of insulin resistance. But what if, what if, what if along with that idea, there's also this other idea? And I want you to hear me. Suppose we think of your cell kind of like a suitcase, right? And you're putting stuff in the suitcase. 
And the reason that we can't get more stuff in the suitcase is because the suitcase is already packed. So we keep trying to put stuff. Once again, I traveled recently, right? We're not to California. My son, my wife, my mother-in-law and I, and we were traveling. I packed my suitcase and somebody else in our house said to me, hey, um, I've got this stuff that can't fit in my suitcase. Can you put it in your suitcase? And so I went and opened up my suitcase and I think I got some stuff in there, but my suitcase was so packed. I had literally had to sit on it, y'all, to zip it back up, right? Now imagine if I tried to put more things in that suitcase. Now I want to put it in. The suitcase is designed for it to go in there, but I can't get any more in because the suitcase is already full. And so in order for us to make a decision, what we did, we traveled because we were traveling up to Nashville to catch the air, uh, catch, catch the plane up there. So we took an extra bag with us and we got up there. And once we got to the parking lot, we stood in the parking lot with the car, with the suitcase open. And then we made a decision about what we could take. <laughs> so either we need to get more bags, so bigger cells, or we had to decide that, hey, we're not taking some of this stuff with us. Right. Or we had to like put the stuff in and maybe get an elephant to sit on the suitcase so that we can zip it up. More insulin. So, so what's the plan? What's the plan? What's the idea? How about, how about instead of giving more insulin, we decrease the insulin's ability to make the decision to store stuff and to allow it to use the energy that we're putting in. What does that look like? What does that look like? One of the very first tools that we talked about was fasting. Okay? So we're going to bring the insulin level down. How do we bring the insulin level down? By not one one putting stuff in that forces insulin to rise. Now you're looking at me, it's like, what well, the, that makes sense, right? That's the whole idea of watching your diet, low carb diet, so on and so forth. Yes, that's true. But I want to take it a step further because I want you to understand why that works, why that is important. Because you say, well, yeah, if I lower my blood sugar, I don't need insulin. Well, I'm not just talking about the insulin that we give from outside. We're not just talking about insulin, the medication. I'm talking about the insulin in your body. How do I lower the insulin in your body? We've already talked about some medications that we probably should try to get off. That was last week. If you haven't watched that, go ahead and watch that. Right? Because those are secretagogues. Those are things that force your body to make insulin. We talked about getting off of insulin itself. And let me put a point right here and just make sure that everybody knows we're talking about type 2 diabetics. right? Type 1, they are insulin requiring. That is vital for their success, for their survival. So we're not talking about type 2s. We're talking, I mean, type 1s. We're talking about type 2 diabetics. And specifically here, we're talking about adults. Now, there's a whole other conversation for children because we're starting to see, guys, I think my youngest type two patient when I, when I, and, and she's grown up now, um, was six. 
six years old with type 2 diabetes. Yeah. All right. So we're starting to see type 2 in younger and younger and younger folks. So it's not restricted now to the adult population. We're starting to see our kids there. Right? And so there's this whole conversation that we that we should have and we're probably going to have on a different show about what that means because everybody is saying, oh, it's genetic. Well, wait a minute. How quickly did genetics change? How quickly did our genetics change? Because if, if you go back 50 years, 60 years, 70 years from that, from uh, previously, we didn't have this problem. And it, are we to believe that our genetics changed over the course of 70 years that drastically? Anyway, that's a whole other conversation, right? Okay. So, so what we want to do is we want to lower... We want to lower the things that we put in that cause insulin to rise. Because when we do that, the body is able to use the insulin that it's making more efficiently. And that is called decreasing insulin resistance. Let me go through that again. So if I'm putting stuff in the body that are low enough in the signal to the body that, hey, you got to produce more sugar, more insulin, right? Because remember, higher sugar, higher glucose, more insulin comes out, more insulin comes out, more storage, weight. And as the weight goes up, of course, the whole idea of insulin resistance goes up. And so the blood sugars rise and rise and rise. So, so if I put something in where the body doesn't have to produce as much insulin, then my body's response to the insulin that it makes is improved. That, by definition, is decreasing insulin resistance. So we talked about fasting as a way to do that. Okay, so let's let's move on. Let's move on. So so the fed state, the fasting state. So glucose comes in, we digest it. Insulin comes out, and insulin is the thing that converts it to energy or stores it, depending on what we have. Now, here's a, here's a, and let me see, maybe, maybe let me pop back over and I want to go back to my, go back to my, uh, my discussion from yesterday. Okay. My sister's going to kill me because she's going to say, you're telling this people I made your blood sugar go up. (laughs) Uh, She didn't do it. I made the decision, right? So look at right there. So, so here I am. Right, so this is Sunday. Uh, let's see. Let's go back to Friday. So Friday. So this is where I broke my fast. Right, it was a seventy-two hour fast. So right here, about six forty-five. Okay, and blood sugars. I mean, that's what. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So about one. So we started out down here seventy-nine. Up, 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 up. Right, so we're going 80s, 90s, 120s, 130s, 100s. Now, I want you to notice this is no medication, right? So the body is doing its thing. The body is doing its thing. All right, here we rose because my sister came. She cooked. I ate. We got up to 194, y'all. Okay, and then we dropped back down. And then on the way to the airport, we decided we we're going to stop off. If you didn't know, if you if you didn't hear that story, go watch the show from last night. <laughs> right go go uh go watch the show from last night and you'll see what happened and look at that 246 
So what do you think happened to insulin at that point? Right? Insulin spiked up. So what I'm saying is, if we don't put things in that forces the body to make insulin, the body is well able to manage on its own. Right? And then look at today. Right? So this is today. Look at that. And I dare say to you that the result that you're seeing right here, these results for today, are a consequence, or I shouldn't say a consequence, they are the benefit of the fast that I did three days ago, right? So my body is still in that, in that adjusted phase, and we'll see what, what, my, what my other numbers are here in just a little while. Okay, all right, so let's put things in. Let's put th less things in. So that's the whole idea of the refined carbs and so forth. Okay? All right. So, so let's get to what I want to talk about tonight. So everybody got that so far? So put less things in. Put less things in. The other thing that we can do is we can get rid of, um, we can decrease the blood sugar in another way. That's the whole idea of exercise. So we are trying to do things without the use of insulin, right? So first of all, we got rid of insulin itself. We discussed that last week. We got rid of the secretagogues. Those are the things that force our body to make insulin. Now we're putting less refined carbs in. And actually the reason that I brought that, that slide up was a minute ago is the spike that you see in blood sugars is directly related to how intense the body sees the sugar. So the more refined the sugar that you eat, the, the bigger the spike in insulin. The more refined the sugar, the more refined the carbs, the bigger the spike that you will see. So that if we're not putting in those highly refined things in the body, then we get better insulin response. And then the insulin, because the blood sugars may not spike that high, we don't get as big a spike in our insulin level. If we don't get a bigger spike in our insulin level, then the, the push to store is lower and some of that gets pushed over to energy. Okay? So we're decreasing our carbs, we're watching our diet, and we're fasting. So those are ways that we're going to use to bring our glucose down. If we bring our glucose down, we bring our blood sugar down, uh, our insulin down. If we bring our insulin down, we improve our insulin resistance and we improve our uh, the, the side effects of insulin. All right? So that's, that's the basis of uh, the rest of the conversation that we're going to have as we move forward. Okay? So once again, just an example, as uh, blood sugars go down, blood sugar is that graph that you see on top. As blood sugars go down, the insulin corresponds to that because insulin cannot, y'all, insulin cannot stay high if you have low blood sugar. This is the body's normal response. So, so I was talking to someone this, uh, today in the office, uh, a patient, and she was saying, hey, my blood sugar's dropped, and I felt um, kind of fuzzy-headed, light-headed. One of the reasons that happens is because we still have medication on board that's pushing our blood sugar down. If we didn't have medication on board, when your blood sugar dropped, the body would essentially turn your insulin off and you would not feel that. But because the medication is still there, the medication is still driving 
the blood sugar down. And because we're used to being higher in our blood sugar, we feel that a lot more. Okay? All right. Um, so glucose level, right? So here's, a, here's a, another interesting slide that's going to be uh, a benefit for us later on. So as blood sugars go down, so does the insulin. But as insulin goes down, the counter hormone to insulin goes up. That's called glucagon. So insulin says, hey, store it. When insulin goes down, glucagon comes out and the glucagon says, hey, now I have got to, I've got to use that stuff. I've got to use the um, I've got to use the blood sugar. That's why, that's why for those of you who take insulin, you get prescribed that glucagon pen. Because the glucagon pen, when your blood sugar goes down, you give some glucagon, and glucagon goes into the body and it finds sugar. It breaks down the glycogen that's stored in the liver and it pumps it into the blood so that your blood sugars uh, your blood sugars come up. And of course, we have all the toxicities, right? So the triglycerides that are formed when insulin is trying to store things, that's how, where all of those different things go, right? So lipotoxicity, that's that, the toxic levels of the lipids. Uh, the beta cell becomes dysfunctional because now we're putting fat there. Um, and then other, uh, other components, so the other parts of the body, the liver, right? So fatty liver and so on. All right. So... And then, of course, all the disease processes, and we've talked, we've talked at length about those. So what I want to do is I want to say, hey, how do we decrease the sugar? And we've talked about several ways. But this brings us to the medication. This brings us to the medication. Now, as I've said, and you've heard me talk about it here on the show, that our goal is reversion, reversing diabetes. Now, notice I use the word reverse, right? Because you usually hear me say remission. I'm putting in diabetes in remission. The, the, the words are being used interchangeably. And the reason I like the, the remission version of that word better is because it, it gives the impression, rightly so, that your diabetes is controlled, you may not be, you, you're not on any medication. That's what remission means, that you have good blood sugars, you're not on any medication, and there's actually a timeline how long you have to be off of medication with good blood sugars for you to be considered to be uh, in remission. The reason I like that idea is because when we, take, when we talk about reversing diabetes, people get the, or they think, that, oh, my diabetes is gone, and so now I can do whatever I want, and the blood sugars are going to stay good, and that's not the case, okay? But we're going to use those, you'll hear me use those words interchangeably, but I want you to understand, if you hear me use the word remission, it's, it's because I want people to understand that this is a lifestyle that they've got to adopt, okay? All right. Um. So yes, so let's let's talk about the medication, right? So so one of the ways one of the ways of decreasing sugar in the body is with the use of some medications, and these are called SGLT two inhibitors. SGLT two inhibitors, and the SGLT two inhibitor class is a class that that the question is, can we use some medication? to help us bridge the gap as we move in the direction 
of remission, uh, reversal, improve blood sugar control. And so the first group of uh, medications I want to talk about uh, are these medications that are called um, SGLT2 inhibitors. SGLT2 inhibitors. And these medications work by basically taking sugar and they put the sugar into the uh, they put the sugar into the urine. Okay, uh, and let me pull that slide up here really quickly. So for for type two diabetics, what happens is that, um, and let's see if you can see. I hope you can see my pointer. Huh, doesn't look like you can. But anyway, you see the big part to the left there. That this is basically a part of the kidney, and you don't have to look at all the the wires and all the um, all the arrows. But uh, right there at the top, at the left side, is where your blood goes into the kidney, and then the kidney filters it out. And all the way at the other end, to the right side of that graph, down at the bottom, the blue line or the blue arrow is where your urine is coming out. Okay? That's where the urine is coming out. And so for people who are diabetic people who are diabetic, there's a defect in their kidney. There's a defect in their kidney. And so when, when the body filters the blood, one of the things that happens is that sugar comes out of the blood and it's being filtered through the kidney. And the body, because of this defect that's in the kidney, the body brings the sugar back into the blood. Now, it's supposed to go out. It's supposed to go into the urine. But because of this defect, the body pulls it back in. And so you end up having higher blood sugars than you should. You got that so far? So because of this defect, the sugar that should be not coming back into the body ends up coming back into the body and it doesn't get put into the urine. And this medication, what it does is it stops that process or it fixes that process. And it allows sugar that's in the body that now gets put into the urine to, to go into the urine and it stays out there. Now, notice that this process does not use any insulin. Right? We just talked about decreasing the amount of in, or the, the, the problem with the insulin. So we just took some sugar out of the body. We put it in the urine. It's gone. So the amount of insulin that you've got to take from outside, that is insulin shots, or the secretagogues that you have, which are forcing the body to make insulin, or your body's seeing the sugar that's high and deciding to make more insulin decreases. And that's the point. That's the goal of what we're doing as we head to remission. Because we got to get rid of the sugar somehow. Now you're saying, you say, wait a minute. So we're going to get on medication to get in remission? And the answer is yes. Because the idea in this model is not that we're on the medication and that's it. 
right? In in the old model, we say, hey, your blood sugars are high. This is going to be a chronic thing. This is going to be a forever thing. So you just take this medicine and you keep taking as much as you need to get those blood sugars down. Now what we're saying is, hey, let's figure out how to get rid of some of the sugar so that we can deal with the defect. And the defect is an insulin issue. When we deal with the defect, we have all the benefits of decreased insulin. Better insulin sensitivity, right? So now the insulin becomes sensitive. It works. Whatever your body makes works. We stop shuttling energy into those storage places, liver, fat cells, pancreas, right? So all of those disease processes improve. And we have the improvement that we have that comes from the fasting that we're doing. So the goal, decrease the sugar, get the insulin down. Now, ultimately, we're going to talk about, okay, now that if you're on this medication that we, we did, now we're off the insulin, now we're off the secretagogues, now we're off the DPP-4s. And if you, if you don't remember, go back and watch that show from last week. We're off of those. We're doing the fasting. And here's another way to bring the blood sugars down. Okay, so that's one of them. All right. So let's hop over and let's talk about another class of medication. And this class of medication, like I said, you, you've heard, you've seen, um, and this is what everybody's talking about that's helping people lose weight, okay? Um, well, actually, before I do that, let me talk to you about what some of the names of these medications are. And these are, um, and there, there are two others that are not as prominent in the market. They actually were taken off the market. Um, I think one of them is still on the market. Um, but Jardians and Farzika, those are the names. Those are the brand names. I'm not going to tell you the scientific name because you, you, uh, you probably have heard it, but everybody knows these. Okay. So let's go ahead and say them. Um, so Jardians and Farzika are the two that are, um, that we were talking about, right? So these medications, all they do is they take sugar. I shouldn't say all they do. When it comes to blood sugar, what they do is they take sugar, they put it in the urine. They correct a defect that's in the, in the kidney of patients who have diabetes, where their body normally resorbs, brings sugar back into the body that should be put in the urine, that should be put in the urine. So it basically fixes that and it gets rid of the sugar. If the sugar is lower, insulin goes down. That's the key. Now you hear me say that over and over. Sugar goes down, insulin goes down. That is the key. All right. Um, ah, and, and Teresa, thank you for hopping on. Uh, I see your question there or your comment there. I'm going to go ahead and star it and uh, we'll come back to that in just a little bit. Okay. All right. Uh, does that make sense so far for everybody? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. If it makes sense, yeah, put yes in the comments. Put yes in the comments. And as you, as I'm talking, guys, go ahead and drop those in the comments because we're going to come back. We're going to deal with some of those here in just a little bit. Okay. All right, so let's then look at another group of medications. Uh, as I said, these are the ones that everybody's been talking about that are helping to lose weight. And I want you to look at this graph. Look at all the different things that you see that these medications do. The ones, though, that I want you to kind of pay attention to um, are the ones uh, you'll see up there at the top, the brain, 
Okay. And then you'll see the pancreas. And for some reason, my mouse is not working, so I'm, I'm going to have to describe. Okay. And the skeletal muscle. Okay. So they, they do a couple of things that are going to help us. Number one, these medications are secretagogues. Okay. Let me go ahead and say that. They are secretagogues, and so they work similar to the DPP-4s that I just told you we need to get off. Right? These are the ones that make the body produce insulin. However, the benefit that we get from them is that they also help to suppress the appetite. They suppress the appetite. They send the signal to the brain that we're full. They help the muscles to use insulin more effectively. Right? So several things. So, so, so the benefits may outweigh the um, insulin that we're getting because if we're decreasing our food intake, decreasing the, the things that we're putting in, the sugar, right? We, those cravings are going down. If the cravings are going down, the insulin level, the blood sugars are going down. If the blood sugars are going down, the, the insulin level is going down. And ultimately, our goal is going to be, right, during the process of being on these medications, during the process of fasting, right, we're going to be learning some ways to manage our blood sugar, manage our food, manage our cravings, so that when these medications go away, we can process that on our own. Okay, now notice what I'm saying. So they are bridges to where we need to go. So we're not saying, hey, you're going to be on this and this is, this is it. We're saying, how do we, because we've got a strategy, y'all, right? We've got a strategy on how we're going to do this. And the strategy includes, hey, how do we get off of this medication? And these medications, um, as I said, they are one of the ones that help with our weight, right? So everybody's all excited about that. <laughs> um, so 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 it's 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 great, you know. You get that you get that tummy, you get rid of that fat. Now the guy that's on the left, that abdomen that you see. That abdomen comes as a direct result of insulin resistance. Insulin resistance. This is a good place. Let me let me do this. I'm gonna hop over. Let me come back here so you can see me full screen. Because I want to I want to make this point. If if you are um, if you stand up and and I'm I'm, I'm gonna stand up. If you look down and you see your tummy, then you've got insulin resistance. People say, how do I know if I'm insulin resistant? That's how you know. Because the storage of energy, one of the places places it goes is right there. That omentum, and that's what that, that within inside the omentum, that's that fat pad that that covers the abdomen on the inside. You can't see it. You can't well, you can't see it from the inside, but you see it on the outside. And if you look down and you can see your stomach, that's a sign of insulin resistance. 
So you don't have to wonder. You don't have to guess. Yes, it is. And insulin resistance, as we just talked about, is a, that's what everybody says diabetes is, right? Insulin resistance. But insulin resistance is more than just diabetes. That's why I say to those of you who are out there, if you don't have diabetes, don't tune this out because this is for you as well. Because how do you get rid of the momentum? How do you get rid of that stuff right there? The exact same way as we're talking about the diabetics. The same way that we're going to put diabetes in remission is the same way that we get rid of that. And here in a minute, uh, I'm going to show you. Um, I'm going to show you my my weight as we do with all of our numbers. Uh, we're going to see that here in just a second. Okay. All right. So, so when we talk about when we talk about diabetes, the goal, the goal, one of the, one of the primary goals is how do we get the insulin down and we get the insulin down by getting the sugar down. How do we get the sugar down? One by fasting, two by getting rid of sugar. And how do we make it through the fast and how do we be, deal with those cravings? Maybe the GLPs are a way of doing that. Okay. And those medications um, are Ozempic and everybody's, probably heard of Ozempic. There is also um, Bayeda, Bidurion, Victoza. Um, Rebelesis is the only oral form of that, of that class right now. And then uh, Manjaro has a GLP in it, but it also has another component, right? So it's a, it's a, a, it's a combination of things. All right. So, so that's, the question, that's the explanation. We're going to come back and I'm going to tell you what my opinion. So this, I'm just giving you data right now, right? I'm just giving you data. I'm come back. I'm going to tell you my opinion of, um, of those, what I think, right? When I answer the question, uh, should I start taking some of these, um, some of these medications? Should I start taking one of those medications? All right, so let's do this. Let's hop over and let's take a look at some numbers, right? So we've already shown you what the Dexcom uh, has shown, um, I think. Yeah, so that's my Dexcom right now, what it's saying my blood sugar is. And, of course, that's the Libre. So let me go ahead and let's pop over, and I want to do the, the blood sugar here. All right, let's see what that shows. And um, I do, people say, hey, when you're not doing the 72-hour fast, what do you do? Well, my normal plan is to do like a five to six, eight hour, five to six hour eating window. So I don't eat anything. Uh, once I stop eating at night, I don't eat anything until I eat in the, in the office with my team right, or my wife. Um, so I'm going hmm. Maybe 14, 16 hours when I'm not fasting. But of course, as you know, my fast, I do that. Um, and you see that I do that. Uh, that's been a 72-hour fast. Let's go ahead and put this blood on this meter. And let's see what that shows right now. And for you, our goal has been 
for you to work your way up. Look at that, 1.1. So that's actually pretty good. All right, so if you remember when we talk about nutritional ketosis, nutritional ketosis, uh, what we're talking about having a keto, having ketones of um, 0.5 to 1.5. And when we talk about therapeutic ketosis, we're talking about having um, ketones higher than that. So right now, my blood sugar is 115 and my ketones are um, 1.1. And let's pull over now and go to our app because the app is going to suck it in. And then I get to show you the graph of what has been going on over the last couple of days with that. So let's go ahead and uh, it should be pulling in here just a sec. If not, I'm going to hit the button to have it scan. Um, and it says yes. Boom, got it. All right. So there we are. And let's take a look at our graph. I want you to see here, right? So right there, um, that was before I broke the fast, right? So that was Friday evening. And so look at that. My ketones are high. My glucose is low. Now, let me let me pause here because if you if you've not been with us, you're like, well, what does that what does that mean, and what does that have to do with our diabetes? Well, when your body doesn't have sugar it switches to burn another source of energy. And the other source of energy is ketones. And you can measure the ketones in your body and you can tell when the body is actually using something other than sugar to burn energy. And that's what this is an indication of, okay? And then you notice that when I, when I stopped fasting, so my blood sugar went up and then my ketones dropped, right? So down here, my ketones are like 0.6. Point seven, and of course one point one. But my blood sugar is what did we just say it was one one eleven? Okay, awesome. All right, so that's where that's where those numbers are. Um, let's hop over and let me uh, grab some of these questions, some of these comments. All right, let's see what what did we? Uh, so Lashes, and I'm, I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, she said, thank you. Uh, that was a welcome, I'm assuming. And then she says, my insulin was at eight two years ago, and I got it down by lifestyle changes. Yes, definitely, definitely. I love that. Um, go ahead, and if you don't mind, drop, just drop in the comments what it was that you did. What did you do? You said lifestyle changes. Explain a little bit more of that to us. Okay. Uh, Teresa says, which one would you suggest um, that have very little side effects? Ah, very good question. And so let me give a little background for those people who don't know uh, much about uh, the GLP-1s. The GLP-1s work, one of the things they do is they slow food as they, it moves through the body, as it moves through the stomach. So some people feel that as um, queasiness. Some people feel it as nausea. There are actually some people that actually can throw up from it. Okay? Um, and, and that happens because the pancreas becomes inflamed for some people. The other thing that can happen is um, they throw up. Yeah. So, so that's the, that's the big, big side effect, right? So the, the GI symptoms that people have now for, for most of the medications, most of those GLPs, and I'm assuming that's the one you're talking about. 
Actually, you didn't say because I, I let me talk about both then. So for the GLPs, the big side effect, of course, is the is the slowing of the food as it moves through your stomach. Okay, because you feel fuller, people feel that squeeziness. Um, you adjust the dose if you need to. Some people come off of it. Now, one of the things that happened to me years ago was when these guys first came on the, on the market, I tried taking them and I couldn't because they slowed my GI tract so much that I started getting constipation, right? So when they first came out, I couldn't take them. Uh, I tried, I'll tell you, multiple times. I tried and tried and tried. My doc, I went down to my doctor, he said, don't you want to try it? I said, sure, right? And this is me as the endocrinologist, y'all, okay? Uh, but I couldn't take them, Um and so for years and years and years, um, they didn't work for me. Um, and then we talk about the SGLT2s. That's the other group, the Jardians and the Farzika. Those, um, because they're putting sugar in the urine, right? People who are prone to yeast infections can have a yeast infection. It has also to do with how high, how, uh, how big the blood sugars are. As we're, putting, as we're dumping sugar, the higher your blood sugars are, the more possibility it is that you may have a urinary tract infection, right? And some people can have a severe urinary tract infection um, uh, called um, Fernier's gangrene. Uh, so that's one of the side effects there. All right. Uh, then Teresa said, I heard that some cause thyroid uh, or kidney issues. Right. So the, uh, the SGLT2s, the issues that you're hearing there are the urinary tract infection and the, the the severe infection in the genital area. They actually have been now approved, many of them, for kidney protection. Right. So so when they when they first came out, people saw, hey, wait a minute, we're putting sugar in the urine. Now when I was trained, when I was coming through medical school, it was bad to have sugar in the urine. Right. If you found somebody who had sugar in their urine, they were called diabetic. <laughs> right? But now, because of the mechanism of action, right, we actually use that fact. We, we didn't understand that back then. We use the fact that it puts sugar in the urine to, um, to treat the blood sugars. Um, the other thing about thyroid, so we're talking about now going back to Victoza and Ozempic and um, Munjaro and the Rebellicis and the GLPs, so uh, there have been cases of medullary thyroid cancer uh, in rodents, right? So they've, when they tested them, these rodents had medullary thyroid cancer. And so someone who has a history in their family or have a personal history of medullary thyroid cancer, we don't put them on it, but we've never seen that in humans, right? But because the studies, when they did them, they showed that it actually has to show up on the, on the marketing and on the box, uh, so let's see, Teresa says, yes. Okay, so <laughs> if you know somebody, I think that was the answer, yes. Um, and oh, it does make sense, it does make sense. Thank you, because I see Jeff says, yes, uh, makes sense as well. And uh, receive, receive, I'm gonna give you uh, some music, hey. Take a real close look. Okay, I gotta find my hand clap again. For some reason, it went away, but anyway. Uh, Receive, thanks for stopping by. He said, uh, which class of these medications do you recommend? I'm on Ozempic, but have some side effects. Okay. Um, so Receive, I'm going to hold that question for a minute because I'm going to come back and give you my thoughts in just a sec. All right. 
Uh, and then Jeff says, which does metformin fit in all of these meds? So metformin is not one of these medications, right? It is not one of the ones that we talked about in terms of getting off, right? Stopping, right? We did that show last week. And it's not one of the ones that we're talking about getting on right now, right? Starting. It is one we have not discussed yet. And I've deliberately not discussed it yet. Um, and well, actually there are a couple of other medications that we've not discussed yet about what we're going to do with them. Um, I suppose I, well, you've, you've probably heard me say this in one of my other shows anyway. So, so metformin has been one of those medications that's been around forever. And of the medications that when they initially were studying diabetes in terms of complications and improvement and so forth, it was one of the medications that showed the slowing of the progression from pre-diabetes to diabetes. It's also a medication that we've used to treat metabolic syndrome, obesity, and on and on and on. So if I, if I, if I put my hay uh, my doctor had on, I'm like, this is actually a good medication for us to use, okay? Because it does what we want it to do. I want to hasten to say, though, that as we're talking about remission, we're not just talking about remission getting off of one medication or another medication. or We're talking about getting off of all medication. So, so just like I'm saying to you, hey, um, consider these medications, should we get on them? And we should get off of those. Metformin is one of those that's in the between. So if people are on metformin right now and that's the only thing they're on, then our goal is to get them off the metformin. But if they're not on metformin and I need to treat their diabetes right now to get them better as we move towards progression, uh, revision, uh, sorry, um, towards um, <laughs> remission, <laughs> then it is a tool that I use. So what I do in my office, what I try to do in my office, is if someone comes in and they are on insulin, they're on a secretagogue, my goal is to try to minimize those and get them on an SGLT2 and get them on a DPP-4. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. Um, now, before... Everybody was talking about the weight loss that you get with Ozempic and Munjaro and all of those. We were in the office when people's patient came in, we were putting them on a GLP because I knew if I got them on the GLP, I didn't have to use as much insulin. I would put them on an SGLT2 because I knew if I got them on the SGLT2, we wouldn't, we wouldn't need as much insulin. So do I think those are good medications? Yes, I think they are. I use them almost every day. Well, I shouldn't say almost every day. I use them every day for my patients. And I use them for myself. Ah, okay. We're going to come back. And we're going to talk about that story and uh, another show. <laughs> All right. But one of the things that I want to show you, right, is along with blood sugar, as you guys know, you've been watching me and you know that I've been also tracking my weight. And uh, this is where we are today. 
And this has been our trend over the last month. Right? If you remember, I came on uh, close to the beginning of the month and said, hey, hey, look at this. I have gone below my uh, my weight, right? So I've meet, reached my goal. That was, I think, over here somewhere, 90, 199, right there. That was back on the 15th of January. And I want you to notice something. So 15th, 16th, and so we went 197, 199, went down to 197, actually got down to 194 right here, y'all. And then 197, 200, 201, right? 198, 195, 197, 190, right? 199, 198. Now, let me, let me make a statement here, right? Let me show you the month view. And I want you to notice the graph. The graph is not linear. It doesn't just go in one direction. It goes up, it goes down, right? So you see those fluctuations there. And I want to point out to you, because some of you are out there and you're frustrated in your weight journey. I want to point out to you that the the daily fluctuations that you see is not where your concern should be. What you want to see is when you look over the course of time that the trend is what you want. Because if I look on this right here, I'm like, man, I was up 200, down 195. Look at me, I'm 198. Even if I look at this, I'm like, man, look at those fluctuations. I'm going up and down and up and down. But when I look over the course of time, y'all, I want you to see that. So right there, that was 240 pounds. That's March of this year, of last year. And this is now, right? So 240 down to 198. But beyond that, if I look back further, right? If I look back further, I want you to see this guy. That was 260 pounds. That was January of 2022. And I don't have recorded on this device, but at one point, that number was up at 285 pounds. And that must have been, I don't know, 200 and, uh, sorry, uh, 2010, 10 to 15-ish. So as we are on this journey, it is a journey. And there are going to be stops and starts. But our goal is not necessarily that tomorrow we get where we're going. Because you're not going to get, well, let me say that to you. You're not getting where you're going tomorrow. It is a journey. But we want that journey to continue heading us or taking us in the right direction. So one of the things I love about this space and you've heard me say it before, I'll say it again. I come on this show and I talk with you and I teach the things I do because you're part of my therapy group. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, you're, you're part of who helps me to be who I need to be as I talk about new year, new you. Because everybody thinks that they're by themselves. Everybody thinks, oh, it's just me. 
And I'm telling you, some of the things that we I talk to you about, I struggle with all the time. But I want to be able to say that I'm moving forward in my journey. And this year, y'all, together in this group, yeah, yeah, we're, we're heading, we're heading, we're heading in the, the direction. Uh, let me see. Uh, Jeff said, uh, for your thought of the day, my, uh, my Freestyle Libre 3 provides so much information for me. Uh, let's see. For your thought of the day, my Freestyle Libre provides uh where do you jeff i think i i caught i missed the first part of that oh oh, you want me to use that as a thought of the day okay <laughs> i like that thank you <laughs> awesome awesome all right so if you've not already done so everybody if you've not already done so and uh you're here so maybe you have already done so but if not i would like to ask you for three things Okay. I'd like to ask you for three things. What we've been doing is we've been talking about the fasting. Talking about, okay, what do we do with the fasting? And if you're out there, whether you're diabetic or not, my challenge to you is to work your way up so that you can fast for 24 hours. Right. So that's what we plan to do in January. That was the plan. Work our way up so we can fast for a 24-hour period. In the month of February, we're going to do another challenge dealing with that 24 hours. Okay, so for right now, right, we're fasting 24 hours. Work your way up wherever you are. I want you to expand that so that you can be able to do that and meaning that you're also talking to your healthcare provider if you're on medication that you are having a healthcare provider help you help you adjust that if you're one of my patients one of my clients one of the people who talks to me that's what we do right so how do we back off of some of these medications we've talked now about medications you should stop try to get off of we've talked now about medications you should probably talk about starting and you've heard the benefits of those the fasting helps in that entire process. So first of all, what I'm asking you to do is um, work your way up so you can fast for a 24-hour period. Number two, I want you to commit to being on this journey with us, being on this journey with me. That means showing up as we learn this stuff together that you are here, that you share your information, that you share the successes that you've had, you share some of the disappointments that you've had, that you ask the questions. Because as you do that, the other people that are here listening, the people who are even going to be watching this on the replay, they benefit because now they know it's not just them. Now they know somebody else out there is having the same issue. Somebody else out there is seeing the same thing. Somebody else out there is having success because maybe they're not seeing success. So show up in the community. Engage in the community. And then the third thing that I'm asking you to do is to bring somebody with you. You can bring somebody with you on the show. Send them a link. Let them know what's going on. Help them sign up. Help them subscribe. Tell your doctor. Tell your pastor. Tell your cousin. Tell your mom and them <laughs> about what we're doing here. Because the 460 million people around the world that have diabetes, 
the millions of people that are struggling with prediabetes and obesity and metabolic syndrome and high blood pressure and high cholesterol and polycystic ovarian syndrome and on and on and on, they all benefit from this information. So you can be the person who helps to spread that to help improve their lives. Good night. We'll see you at the next show. This is Dr. Dwayne Wood. That's Wood with an E. The E stands for endocrinology. Here on the channel, I educate, I empower, and I encourage you to take charge of your health, take charge of your life, avoid complications, and go to the next level, creating the life you always wanted. And for this year, y'all, new year, new you.